Welcome to the Movement Code Podcast, where we help you decode movement, health, and lifestyle so that you can expand and grow. Hey guys, my name is Antonio Gurley, your host for the Movement Code Podcast. I am a father, husband, business owner, rehab practitioner, and coach. Information overload has paralyzed many of us, and we are overwhelmed with good intentions and don't know what or who to trust. We aim to provide you clarity and confidence by bringing you expert advice for the everyday person. Thanks for spending some time with me today and enjoy the episode. All right. Hey, guys. This is the Movement Co. Podcast. My name is Antonio, your host. Uh, thanks for tuning in today. Um, it's been a couple. It's been a couple weeks, honestly, since I've, since I've recorded anything new. Our last podcast was was with Dr. Jesse Riley out of Denver, which was a running, um, which was a, a podcast about running and running injuries. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm not a big runner, but I thought I had a lot of useful information, and I've had a couple people reach out to see if I had anything new coming down the pipeline. Which honestly, I haven't had anything planned. Uh, my wife and I were going through a rebranding right now for our actual physical location. Uh, we're pretty excited. We're hoping we get some big changes coming in 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 in, in the movement already, and kind of um, hopefully moving forward here in the next couple of weeks and months at the start of 2021. As it stands right now, for those of you who don't know, we have actually two different practices, one which is more like kind of sports rehab oriented and the other which is very focused towards women's health. We're going to try to combine those again to just bring that kind of family nature back, which is such a big part of our lives. Um, but that's kind of that's kind of what we're working with right now. So a lot of time and attention is going through some coaching, going through a lot of research, going through a lot of initial things that we oddly enough did not go through at the beginning of our business development. We kind of just were... were winging it as we go as many of us do but we're super excited to see what happens with all this and to see what we can bring forth with that um that being said who knows this podcast might change names might change kind of the direction so um please just keep me informed with what's useful and what's valuable to you because ultimately this is for you guys not for me although selfishly i do say i like to have uh, a lot of the guests on for my my own knowledge and kind of um um or knowledge gain and, and, and interest, but I want this to be important for you guys. With that, I have two different pa- kind of patient case notes that we're going to review today, which has a theme that is the same for both of them that I want to that I want you guys to kind of take in consideration. Both of which revolve around injuries, and one is a shoulder and one is a hip. Two activities that are different: one is CrossFit and the other is tennis. CrossFit is shoulder and tennis is hip. Um, both, but but. Sorry, but both have a very kind of similar theme that we want to be able to discuss. So with that, both of these injuries are chronic in nature. So the individual who's doing CrossFit has chronic shoulder pain. Theirs is a little different though because they were a swimmer and they've had chronic actual dislocations in the past or multiple dislocations. There's a lot of instability that resides around that shoulder joint. And we've been working with her in doing CrossFit on certain things that we need to take in consideration, certain things that we need to know and do as prehab or prerequisites in order to keep that healthy. Now to segue, the the hip is actually a newer um is actually a newer 
issue that's been coming up. I'm sorry, I should say a newer issue that's been in my office, but a chronic issue for this individual. And her her sport is tennis. And she's had literally this kind of cycle going through where she gets better, then she gets worse. She's been treated, she gets she gets better, she gets worse. She gets dry kneeling, gets better, gets worse. All of which then it comes back to like, well, if I rest, it hurts. And if I play, it hurts. So I might as well just keep playing and just kind of deal with it. So... And the individual with CrossFit kind of has a similar mentality, but it's she's definitely a little bit more conservative in knowing that she's had the dislocations. But we're going to start off with one of those and just kind of workshop this common theme. And this common thing theme is essentially loading principles and how it can result in either chronic injuries and or acute injuries, depending. So um, with that, when we talk about... Uh, overload or capacity, usually pain signaling or or injuries or different things like that, start off with doing too much too soon after too little. Too little meaning, let's say for instance, you haven't done uh, uh, you haven't done an activity for like an extended period of time. So you kind of like get back into really quick. So there wasn't that was a very short time frame. So all of a sudden you're doing a lot and you weren't really doing a lot before. And then you did it really fast, right? So where we typically see this as individuals, they they have an injury or they have some pain. So they're kind of up here and they're like, okay, sweet, my pain's decreasing. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. And now all of a sudden they want to try to just get back to where they were before without having that kind of gradual buildup. What is a gradual buildup? I don't know. It's different for everybody, but it's something that needs to be um, discussed and interpreted so that you can prevent this cycle from going up and down again. Now, the same is true for the individual who is, uh, we're talking about with the shoulder here. What they were dealing with is is very similar, but their loading principles, because they are conservative, is is having these like little spikes that make make the shoulder a little bit cranky, if you will. And then they're really confused, like, well, I have been doing it gradual, but why did this uh, now all of a sudden set it off? Right. So there's two very similar things that we want to address in that, which ultimately comes down to loading. So we're going to take the shoulder case first and just kind of walk through. So again, background, collegiate swimmer, high school and collegiate swimmer. Um, after that, uh, started having some recurrent dislocations, um, never needed surgery, never had any substantial tears or anything like that. But due to the hypermobility that she exhibited with, with, the, with the activity of swimming, which, which promotes a lot of shoulder hypermobility, she started having those dislocations. And then started getting into CrossFit. And CrossFit is very shoulder intensive, not bad, but very shoulder intensive. So demographically, if you are an individual that tends to have more hypermobile shoulders, there are definitely a lot of things that you need to take in consideration to help keep your shoulders safe, to reduce injuries as such. Uh, and we don't have the time to get into all those right now. But what we're going to talk about is uh, last week, she reached out to me and she's been kind of having this pain on the outside of her shoulder, kind of like the AC joint, maybe a rotator cuff, but something out here. And she reached out. She's like, hey, I started having this, uh, this shoulder pain again kind of creep up on me after doing uh, ring dips. Why do you think that is? You know, we haven't seen her for a while because she's honestly been doing great, haven't had any issues, and training's going super well. So then we started asking a couple questions. And what it, come to, what it came down to was uh, standard dips meaning on either like some bullhorns or boxes or parallel bars, something that's more stable was not causing shoulder pain, 
But then when you went into a ring situation, she started having some pain. So again, taking this individual's history and background of having recurrent dislocations, hypermobility, we started to have a conversation about why the rings were creating the pain for her. And again, it wasn't that the pain was because of a rotator cuff tear or anything like that, but she's getting this increased signaling due to the fact that she started having a peak load relative to what one activity is to another. So uh, the, the the load or the work done with the, with the dip is the same, right? If I'm here and I'm pushing up, that's me doing work. I'm taking my body down and up, down and up. So technically she's coming around the same distance that she would with both movements as, as long as she's going through the same general range of motion. But with that, the rings offer an unstable surface. Right, so now all of a sudden, instead of having a very fixed point of contact, and I'm using parallel bars as kind of, we'll kind of use this as our baseline, those do not move. There are two bars that are rigid that run next to each other. Think of gymnastics bars or something like that. And they're very stable. So when you go down, your hands and shoulders have a more, or have a solid platform to push off of. Now the rings, when you get on, they're attached to a strap, which is the anchored up top. So now those rings have a lot more um, give or play to move in different directions, which is going to change how the shoulders and really a lot of the body is going to be experiencing the movement compared to the other one. So while the workload is maybe the same, she is experiencing an increased load because she's having to work a lot harder to also stabilize the the wrists, the elbows, and the shoulders as she's going through this movement. So um, that's that's what we're that's what our conversation was. Uh, how, that's the conversation we had with her, and why she was probably having that discomfort. Now, should she stop doing ring dips? Depends. Depends on how much signal she did have, how much pain was she experiencing, how much um, discomfort was causing her to change her activities either that day or the day before, so on and so forth. She might be able to st might be able to kind of blend or integrate those two movements together if if ring dips is something that is very important for her training at this point in time. If not, then just scale back to the the parallel bars. If she wants. Because again, our goals or wants or needs are also important in this scenario. If she wants to do ring dips, then we have to be able to blend those two together. So how might you do that in this situation? She might put her toes on the ground. So maybe she's not using her feet as assistance to actually move up and down, but she's using it more of a balance standpoint so we don't have as much give and play in the in the straps and the rings to then decrease that overall stability load that she's, that she's struggling with. Because obviously it's showing there's some sort of a struggle if she has pain in that scenario, not the other one. That's an option. Sometimes to add in a band for actually assistance. So if you're if you're having to deal with an unstable surface in which there's a lot more play side to side, front to back, whatever that might be, then you might need to decrease your overall load of the work that you're doing so that you're not doubling up on those. Right? That's another option that might take in, that we might take in consideration. So again, we're showing that the whole loading principle that we're we're trying to portray to uh, chronic recurrent injuries is not as just black and white of saying you need to do less load, less weight, or whatever or, or whatever that might be. You have to you have to put it into the framework of the context of the situation that the individual is describing. So this is very important to 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 put out for, for a case-by-case -case basis, right? Now, um, case, case study number two. 
And this individual is actually, and, and what prompted part of this is she's actually coming in today and we're going to have this very exact same conversation. So we had an initial consult. Uh, I hadn't seen her for uh, two years now, just reaching back out, uh, kind of checking in with some of my patients that I haven't seen in a while and had this conversation about this, this hip pain. And she was like, well, it's good for a while, you know? And then COVID hit. So sorry, it was good for a while. I was playing tennis. I was doing great. COVID hit. So courts and a lot of things obviously shut down. So I wasn't able to play. Took about two months off. Was staying active, riding bikes, walking, things like that, but not playing tennis. And then come back, went right back into tennis, right? So kind of what we were talking about before, feeling better. And then uh, had some time off. So kind of deconditioned. And now she's like, okay, well, two months ago, I was playing up to this capacity. So it was really just like, cool, let's get back to it. Just started playing hard again. Lo and behold, what happened? Hips started getting cranky. So then she's been really over the last last four to six months going back and forth like, okay, well, if I play, it hurts. But if I take time off, it hurts a little less, but it still hurts. And for her, this is a very uh, uh, important thing in her life. And she enjoys it a lot. So she's like, why wouldn't I just continue playing? So, you know, we're backing this up and talking about, you know, it makes sense that we start, we did a little bit too much after taking some time off and we did it too soon. We didn't have that gradual kind of ramp up that we were hoping to have, which is okay. So now we're still playing. We're still having hip pain. It's not debilitating to the point where she can't play, but she definitely knows the day that she days that she does play, there's a lot more discomfort in the hip. So we are trying to uh, now manage how can you play and do the thing that you enjoy doing while also trying to recover or rehab whatever pain that we're having in our hip at the same time. And ultimately it's going to come down to is she needs to uh, be able to generate and, and stabilize better. So she needs a little bit more strength. She needs a little bit more stabilization. And ultimately she needs a lot more game ready training for tennis. This individual, um, just like the previous one, is hypermobile. And for those of you who are maybe uh, unfamiliar when we refer to hypermobility, I'm going to break that down real quick. So we run through what's called this uh, scale. It's either called the Baton or the Biton scale. But it's a series of nine different joint range of motions that we're looking for to determine how um, generally hypermobile you are. So when we're talking about hypermobility, think contortionist and think kind of like um, strongman bodybuilder that's like very kind of stiff. Now, a lot not to say that uh, the bodybuilder can't be hypermobile, but a contortionist really can't be tight in order to bend themselves in all these weird different positions, right? Their joints, as I describe, is a little bit more, they're a little bit more Gumby-ish, right? So they, they have these kind of Gumby joints that allow them to bend and go through these different ranges of motion a lot easier. What that means is you the, the individual doesn't really feel the tension in the joint until they further range of motion in that joint, which may or may not um, be a uh, be a problem down the road depending on the activity, right? So where this comes into play a lot is like yogis. They're like, well, I'm li they're literally in like a forward fold, folded in half, and they're like, I don't feel any tension yet. I must need to keep stretching. So they just keep stretching further and further. What happens though is their joints at the end range of motion, and they're just jamming that joint more and more. So for instance, if I have my hand flat like this and I was to take, we'll just do the pinky for right now. I usually try to test all fingers, but we'll look at the pinky. If I try to take my pinky up, you see how it kind of, this is like where it stops. For those that are more hypermobile, they'll literally get this pinky to where it's vertical like this, if not even further. 
right? So then we look at index finger and some of those others as well. Wrist flat, can you pull your thumb and touch your forearm here? We look at your elbows. Does your elbows have a little bit of a negative variance here, meaning your elbow can actually like bend a little bit past zero? Then we look at the knees and being able to palm the ground. So the, both these individuals are more hypermobile than the average. There's a, there's a scale here. It's at a nine. So it's not like you see either nine out of nine you are, and if you don't get nine out of nine, you're not. Um, there's, there's a little bit of a range here that we have to take into consideration. But that being said, because this individual is hypermobile, as she's describing a lot of activities that are irritating her, she just has a lack of control and a lack of strength in the hip joint and her legs and core and her torso in general. So her hip itself is getting cranky because it's starting to take on a lot of extra load. And the muscles surrounding that hip joint that are stabilizing it are also taking on so much extra load because they don't have the support of the knees and the quads being able to absorb, the ankles being able to absorb, her torso being able to control how much she's leaning into her side to side or lateral play motion. So there's a lot that goes into this and and she 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 knows this as she's kind of describing it, but it's really like at this point, well, how how do I how do I go about that? Right? She's she basically is like, well, if I'm not hurt, then I don't need anybody. And then if I'm hurt, I need to go to someone. And she's been to PTs and a lot of different people over the years. And really, it's just the same thing. Okay, we'll rest, come to PT, do this thing. And then, of course, what's going to happen? You're going to feel better, right? Because you're taking a little bit of time off and you're getting some manual therapy care. And then she goes right back to where it is. So she wants to play at a certain caliber, which is great. And so our discussion and understanding is, okay, if you want to be able to play up here, you got to be able to train appropriately. And it's Excuse me, it's not just the skill acquisition of the sport. That is important for sure, but there's also the supporting nature that goes into strengthening the body, the tendons, the tissues, and the joints to be able to play at that certain caliber as well. So long-winded discussion talking about loading, but this this is important because most of us, and I'm guilty of this too, there's activities that we enjoy doing that, that we tend to just kind of pick up where we left off and assume that it's that it's gonna be the same, right? So uh, recently, and that, and that just sparks uh, a con or a memory of mine. At the beginning of this year, you know, all through the winter, you can go mountain biking in Colorado, but you know, just with uh, uh, with new baby coming and a bunch of stuff, this towards the end of this winter, I wasn't doing any outdoor mountain biking. And then come uh, March, April, when COVID hit, I'm like, all right, I got a little extra time. Let's go hit the trails. Started hitting the trails. Lo and behold, what happened? Knees started getting a little cranky. Low back started getting a little cranky because I hadn't been in that seated position for cycling for a while and I started hitting it hard. And then when I did, I was just like, okay, well, I got to back off because this only seems to be getting worse. So I just let it calm down because I knew it wasn't anything tissue wise that was going wrong. It came on way too fast and it was very appropriate for what I was doing. And then I started to build up that cycle a little bit more. Don't bike three times a week, bike one time a week. Or if I'm going to go three times a week, I'm going to go shorter distances and not my normal kind of 15 mile loop that I try to hit out. So when you're, when you're looking at, when you're looking at the chronic injuries that you're dealing with, right? Looking at the chronic injuries that you're dealing with, try to take a step back, try to look at it from an outsider's perspective and get the lens of looking at like, well, how do I normally approach this activity? Do I warm up for this activity? How have long have I been doing this activity? Am I newer, right? Being newer to an activity, let's say this individual is doing CrossFit. This is their first time even doing CrossFit and they're just jumping into something as crazy as ring dips and they haven't done those before, right? That would make sense. 
Now, if you need help though, these are these are questions that are often hard hard to ask yourself, especially if you're not able to remove yourself and have that outsider's perspective. So it's always really good to just have a console with someone, even like myself. And the way and the way it works today is there's so many fantastic clinicians out there just having a Zoom session or a phone call, you'll get a lot of the answers to the questions that you know you're asking yourself, but you just don't have a frame of reference or context on how to put those together. And that can go a long way. The, the knowledge and power of understanding this helps well beyond even just what the treatment is. Because more times than not, people are just treating it with all these different things, not knowing that this is the actual cause. And then what happens? You're just spinning yourself again, around and around and around. So, um, uh, I hope this helps. Uh, that was kind of what I wanted to wrap up with on this. I, I find it super important. Obviously, this is one of the things that we're constantly having conversation about in our office as we see people coming in with pain or we're having conversations with people who wanted to get into a new goal or a new activity. You have to have these conversations around how fast you're loading. Uh, and, and we didn't even get into this, but you know the recovery side of this on the, on the opposite end. Um, but I hope this is beneficial. For someone who who you know is having these chronic injuries, who is literally that person who is like circling around, I get better, I get worse, I get better, I get worse, and they just like ah, oh, you know, it's just my it's just my thing acting up again. I just need a little take a little couple weeks off or take a couple time couple minutes off, and, and it'll be fine, right? That's that's not how you go about stuff, right? There's a way to deal with it so that you don't have to just keep going through this vicious cycle. You can break the cycle and 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 allow you to keep moving forward with with some relative amount of progress. So. Um, Share it with a friend. Uh, we love we loved when you guys post and share and tag us. It's super helpful to get this message out to other people, obviously. And keep questions coming. Um, you know, I got a, I got a couple other questions. I got to uh, pull into having some more conversations. I want to have some more dialect and or sorry, dialogue with uh, other individuals. So it's not just me rattling off my ideas. Um, but stay tuned guys. We're going to try to get a couple more on, uh, on the books here and get some more information out to you. Much love. Move well. Happy Wednesday. It is Wednesday today. If you're listening on a Wednesday, that's great. Stay safe out there. Love your neighbors. Love your family. Uh, reach out to someone you haven't talked to in a while and just say, hey, uh, keep that human connection going, even in a world that is uh, a lot more digital now. So talk soon. Peace.